views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the hosts and its guests and are not associated with those of the United States Postal Service. Enjoy! We live, ladies and gentlemen. Are we live? We live! Oh, sh- hey! Are we live? It's flame time! Man, I've been waiting on this one, man. Let's get it, bro. Let's get it, man. It's episode five of the On The Job Training Podcast. Here, let me give you guys the call-in numbers. 832-781-4903. We at Grade A Media, the home of Houston Radio right now. Ain't that right? Ain't that right, Skrill? It's H-Town Radio right now, man. These boys just got uh, back from South by Southwest. Did they thing out there. But today, I got a special guest in the building, man. He was supposed to be my first guest. Yeah, I messed that up. My bad, No, 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 no. But our first show was excellent. Nicole and Taylor, shout out. But this is one I really wanted to do uh, off top, man, because this is a good friend of mine. I mean, he look out for me when I don't even know he looking out for me. So It's all love. Dominique Shocker for ladies and gentlemen, man. Go on, yes. get, tell them your titles, what station you're from, all that there. All right. Uh, Paraland Silver Lake. My title is Flames Time, F-L-A-M-E-S-T-I-M-E-1 at Instagram.com. And then it's Flames Time, F-L-A-M-E-S-T-I-M-E at Twitter. So we live. Oh, you gave out all the socials, man. So I didn't know you was heavy into social media like that. You you be on it? I don't be on it like that. Oh, okay. All right, well, shit. Uh, shit, tell me, you remember when we met the first the first time we met? Do you remember any of that? I remember it. Yeah? So so this is the reason why, this dude right here is the reason why, I don't know if a lot of the people that know me, I had started a production company. I ended up doing a lot of DJing gigs, but it was 808 Entertainment. 808? This dude is the reason why. Okay, you little little production right here. This dude right here is the reason why I started all of that. I heard the dude spit one time. He blew my mind. I say the man looked like Tupac. He rapped like Wayne. He was the truth. He was the truth. And this was how many years ago? Twelve. About twelve years ago, man. So this how this is how talented that man is, and this, this is what we're gonna discuss today. This man was on the cusp of the Houston rap scene, man. We gonna but we gonna get into all of that. Um, you have a a crazy story, man. Definitely. So let's kind of start from the beginning. Right. Um, kind of a a mixed up childhood, if you if you would say. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Go ahead and get in get into a little bit of that and how you found out that your family <laughs> wasn't really your family. A little bit of that story. So let's get into that story. So we're going to get into this story like this here. So I had a stepdad, Charles Smith. Shout out, because I know he want that. Yeah. And my mom, Sharon Shackleford. Stepdads don't get enough love, no, man. No. So we oh, going to, yeah. Charles Smith raised me, man. That's yeah. my dude. Already. Forever. But the issue is when my, my dad died in 1998. Okay. He died from HIV. He okay. was out there thugging. And when I had met my my people, my grandparents and my aunts and my uncles, uh, they had told me what happened. But I didn't know at the time that my family was from Honduras. So this whole time, I'm thinking that I'm just straight African-American. Yeah. Then when I get to the airport, 
it's a sign, and it's two people, but they start speaking Spanish. But the sign got my name on it. Yeah. So I'm like, they, they, they I, can't I, be for me. They can't be for me. Yeah. Y'all, y'all got the wrong person. Yeah. So they start hitting me up with all this Spanish, and I'm just like, man, I don't know. So I get back, I get, I get in the car with them, I get back to the house, we start hanging out, chopping it up, yada yada, and then they just tell me, hey man, we from Honduras. We're yeah. from Rotan, Honduras. Oh, that's the that's in the tourist area. Uh, the tourist Honduras, area, yeah. where, where, the, where the beach is at. Yeah. And that's where I'm from. Okay. And I had no idea I was from there. No idea. Yeah. I had no idea that my dad was from there. I had no, no idea that my aunt was from there. And my aunt is currently uh, a Spanish teacher at the University of Connecticut. Okay. And she speaks nothing but fluent Spanish. Wow. And it's just crazy because... So the people that you met at the airport, are, so you, you, these weren't your your grandparents? No, they weren't my grandparents. But the issue is, I found out that my grandparents migrated my dad and my aunt from Honduras. But they're not technically my grandparents. But... All they did is ever showed me love. Yeah. It was love from from, from the beginning, from the jump. Yeah. It was always love. Yeah. So I'm like, man, these people are not my grandparents, but why they take care of me so much? Yeah. So what happened is, hey, take my two kids from Honduras and take them with you so they can live a better life in America. Wow. Yeah. And so... My grandparents, who aren't technically my grandparents, said, all right, we'll take your two kids, and we're going to raise them. And they raised them. And then, and then my dad joined the Army, and then he came down here, and he met my mom, mm-hmm. and here I came. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. That's a, that's a, a long way to get to, you know, your, your story. Definitely. Um, so these, these parent, these the people who took care of you, you are you you're still close with them, and they are your grandparents. Oh, definitely, to, they're today. all my grandparents. Yes. Yeah, they, they've always any any even though they stay in New York. Anytime I need anything, yeah. Uh, Grandma Hope and and my grandpa, they always take care of me. Yeah, like I can call them right now and say, I need forty five million dollars, and they're gonna try to find some way, to get, try to, find some way to get it. So to where did you grow up? Uh, when you were in your, your, during your childhood, where did you? So were my you childhood, always in Texas. I, I, I grew up in Houston, Texas. Okay. I grew up uh, uh, on the southwest side at the beginning. Okay. Then, whenever I was nine in 1998, this I remember that because the Green Bay Packers were in the Super Bowl. Okay. And Brett Favre. No, yeah. 1996. My bad. 96. The Packers played the Patriots. Yeah. And we moved to the uh, southeast side. Okay. And then I grew up in Overbrook, Texas. Okay. Uh, That's out going towards Galveston. Go, yeah. Yeah. The, the thugged outside. Yeah. So you uh, you have a kind of a storied high school history. You were supposed to, it was your aspiration to play basketball. You played on the same basketball team with Gerald Green in high school. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. So, so let's talk about this. So what happened is I went to Dobie High School and I was not zoned to Dobie. Okay. I was zoned to Sterling. But Sterling was the most thugged outside. Yeah. Like, 
we finna fight every day. Yeah. But in middle school, I was always getting suspended. I was always getting in trouble. Yeah. My mom said, nah, you ain't going there. I was like, Mom, why? This where all my friends going. She mm-hmm. was like, so why would I send you to places where all your friends going if you getting in trouble? Yeah. So she used my aunt's address, and she zoned me to Dobie. Okay. So I went I went to Dobie, but Dobie was in my zone school. Yeah. So I went to Dobie. Uh, Dobie was a little bit slower. I remember we used to play them all the time. Yeah. Went to North Shore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dobie was more on the uh, kind of country, right? On the whitewash side. Yeah. I ain't gonna even cap. Yeah. <laughs> but I hoop with Deuce. Yeah. I hoop with. Shout out to Deuce, man. Well, what up, Deuce? My brother, for real, nigga. I love you, bro. Uh, I hoop with Gerald. I hoop yeah. with uh, my homeboy B New. Uh, I hoop with my homeboy James. Uh, but Gerald was. Gerald's about five five, five six, five seven. Yeah. And this is Gerald Green, ex Houston Rocket, man. Yeah. He played for him a couple times, right? But dog, uh, he hit a growth spurt. Yeah. That turned all of us around. Yeah. We was all about the same height at one point. Yeah. But then Gerald just got like seven inches on him. Yeah, that's how it happened, man. One day one of one of y'all just shoot up. But I'm gonna yeah. tell you, I'm gonna tell you the truth though. We was playing Elkins. Uh we had played Cinco Ranch and Elkins. Okay. And I had stole the ball. Yeah. And Gerald said, throw it to me. Yeah. Man, I threw it to him. Man, he went between the legs and dunked on a fast break. Yeah. And he never turned back since. Okay. Yeah. Still my dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's love, man. Ace Times finest right there, yeah. Gerald Green. Definitely. Um, talk about how, um, how you cultivated. So – you in high school, your right. aspirations were to become a, a ball player, right? You wanted to play basketball. Tell right. me tell me what happened and how that, that shift, uh, how, how you started putting more of your focus into cultivating your rap skills. How did that come about? So, this, so it happened because basketball was my sport, but I ended up getting a scholarship at cross country and track. Okay. So I was the... Only black guy who ran two and three miles. Yeah. But I remember me and Deuce, we would always talk about music. So this is a funny story. This is what I was telling my cousin. Deuce and my homeboy Kelvin had took my rhyme book and they had went through all my lyrics. And this is just something you kind of kept kept to yourself? Nobody knew I rapped. Okay. And... They started rapping it to me. And I was like, man, how y'all know about all this? And they was like, man, we got your book. So when you're on varsity, you got like a cage. Like it's a cage where all the Only for varsity players, players. yeah. I locked them in the cage. Yeah. I put the lock on it. They couldn't get out. Until <laughs> they gave you back your book. No, but they couldn't get out. Yeah. They was banging on the cage. Yeah. And the coach was like, coach, let me out. Let yeah. me out. Let me yeah. out. Yeah. So the next day I seen them, man, they picked me up and threw me in a trash can. <laughs> 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 and, and so, after that, me and Deuce had progressed into a relationship to where we just always talked about rappers. So, this is the crazy part. I always thought that Juvenile was the best member on Cash Money. Yeah. Deuce always said, Deuce told me, nah, Lil Wayne is. But you got to think, 
This yeah. is in 2001, 2002. Yeah. I was like, bro, you tripping. Juvenile kill. You got to think juvenile. Soldier Red, 400 degrees, G-Code. Wayne had not, not even gotten to the Carter series. At yeah, this time. nobody knew who Wayne was then. But Deuce kept. They up. were trying to push him at that time, but, but nobody knew who though, Wayne was. At this time, though. I but was, I was big. I was heavy into the big timers at, at that time. Honestly, I know they came. People say, uh, "Baby can't rap." Manny Fresh can't rap. I was heavy into the big. I used to go to Sound Waves right there. That's the only place sold that CD, man. And I go, I go get some big timers. Bert, that that green so, CD and that blue one. Oh. How Fire. you love that? Yeah, Fire how you love too. that? Fire. 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 And Baby was spit that time. But then, of course, you know, Juvenile was, he was the face of right. cash money. But, but if he was really thugged out, you 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 knew BG was, the, was that oh, dude. BG was a thug. B, BG carried cash money for, for the longest. Yeah, from like 1993 yeah. all the way. But Deuce was telling me, man, Wayne ain't going to be good. And yeah. I give Deuce that credit. So speaking of that, who influenced you the most? Like, who influenced you as an artist? Man, that's a tough question. But I'm going to tell you who influenced me the most. I listened to Tupac. Tupac influenced me the most. Yeah. Wayne number two, but Wayne better than Tupac, if that makes sense. So, Tupac influenced me the most, yeah. but Wayne is better than Tupac. I got you. Then we got Two Short... I'm, I'm, I'm West Coast heavy. See, that one, I, I, I'm not understanding that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've never been a fan, man. You got to, somebody got to, somebody got to school me. Okay, keep going. Then Juvenile and Jay-Z. So these are your top five artists of all time. These are your top oh, yeah. five rappers of all time. Now, let me do it in order. It's Wayne, Tupac, Birdman. Uh, is uh, Juvenile and then Jay-Z and then Too Short number six easily Jay-Z number five? definitely okay you wanna know the truth? I feel like if any rapper people probably turned it off right now Jay-Z number five? if anybody walked in here right now the only person I'd be scared of is Lil Wayne what you mean, physically or lyrically? Oh, what you mean physically? I ain't scared oh, oh physically. okay. <laughs> All right. Lil Wayne is the only person I feel like, man, I got to come with it. But I'm sure if you ask Wayne, I'm sure if you ask Wayne, probably his biggest influence was Jigger, so. No, I feel that. But my issue is that, okay, hold on. Let me give you a rundown. So my homeboy, Wes. He one of my biggest homeboys. All we used to listen to was Tupac. Yeah. But Wes had to go spend some time somewhere. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And he went to college for a little bit. Yeah, he went to college. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we had to uh, reconnect. But me and Deuce really reconnected with the big timers. But when I was growing up, yeah, my stepdad had me on Tupac. Heavy. Yeah. My stepdad, Charles, had me on uh, Too Short. Heavy. Okay. I had went and found Wayne and Cash Money. See, this is the thing. I was born in 86. Yeah, y'all know my age now. Yeah. 
But I was on Cash Money since like 1993, 94. Yeah. And I was on Tupac since like 92. Yeah. So everybody I like, I, I, I discovered. It was on me. You found it on your own. And Nobody you introduced you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, talk to me about your, your journey as, as an artist and how close you actually were to changing not only your life, but all the people around you, man. Talk to me about that, because you, the people don't understand, you was heavy in the rap scene, but you said, uh, I know you had told me that uh, you weren't necessarily accepted by the Houston rap scene because you, oh, you, rap, you rap differently. So I'm going to tell y'all, the issue is I'm a Houston rapper. I love Houston rappers. I yeah. listen to DEA. I listen to Fed Pat. I listen to DJ Screw. I listen to uh, Hawk. Yeah. I listen to uh, uh, Lil Kiki. Mm-hmm. But my influentials was Juvenile, Wayne, Jay-Z, um, Kanye, um, Just The Rock, uh P.D. Crack. Because that was more your era. That was more my anyway, era. Yeah. Cameron. Cameron was my dog. Killer. Dog. I used to wear pink. Me and Deuce used to wear pink earrings. Yeah. And pink jerseys. Hey, people don't realize how influential Cameron was. I named my son after Cameron. Right. Man. My second son named after Killer. That's why he the killer right now. Killer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to listen to uh, Jewel Santana. All right. Uh, Jim Jones. Even though Jim Jones wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but it was just heavy on the freaky, <laughs> freaky, freaky tie. But the issue is, I always had the southern beats. So no matter how much they influenced my lyricism, my production never changed. Yeah, your production was southern, but your lyrics were everybody, everybody else. Everybody else. Yeah. Because Deuce never gave me a beat. They didn't have no 808s in it. Yeah. If Deuce gave me a beat, it was bass. Uh, yeah. And so Deuce just knew, hey, I'm going to give Flame them beats. Yeah. But he going to rap that H-Town Southern type so, so, So talk to me about um, the expectations and uh, the pressure someone with your talent level has at that point in time. You're a young man, and all these people around you, all these producers, all your friends giving you beats, sending you out, doing shows. What kind of pressure is that on somebody that age for you to to not only, you know, constantly, because you, 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 at this point, I'm sure you, you had a book, but you probably had, you know, and you, I'm sure you cultivated your freestyle skills. Now, hold on real quick. How, real how, quick. Much, how much pressure is hold, that hold on, on somebody? Quick. See, Dre Kaplan, y'all, ask Dre how many times he ever seen me with a folder. Zero. Zero. Yeah, but I'm talking about no. back, back then. What, 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 what was the pressure? What were the expectations for somebody so, like you? this was the pressure. The pressure was... Once everybody figure out you can do this, like... So, the pressure. So, this is the pressure. I used to listen to Trey songs a lot. Right. I listened to The Dream a lot. I listened to Rihanna, Beyonce, Keisha Cole. Yeah. So... My magnitude was always to make songs. It was never to just be like, oh, he could just rap. Yeah. 
how can you make the people feel? How can you make your song sound? Deuce used to give me beats. Yeah. Hey, come on with a hook for it. Shout out to my homeboy, Sean Ward. Because Sean Ward was a singer on most of my songs. Your boy, Sean Cole, man. Sean Ward, Cole. Sean, H-Town legend. Sean Ward, H-Town legend. Real talk. So what I would do is Deuce would give me a beat. And I would come up with the hook. Yeah. But I would sing it to Sean Ward. Like, for instance, I would be like, Hey, Sean, do your thing. It's on me, my team, me one and only. Yeah. And they need me to feed me. Yeah, you and Sean did a uh, mixtape together, right? Fire City. Yeah, I remember that. But I would go to Sean and be like, hey, Sean, this is how I need you to do it. Yeah. But then Sean would be like, oh, yeah, that's tight, that's fire. Yeah, y'all had like a connection but now. Sean would be y'all like, understood Sean each would other. be like, I'm going to add that to it. Yeah. And I'd be like, God, you did it. Yeah. And one more thing, shout out to my homeboy DJ Blade. Because yeah. DJ Blade put everything together. Yeah. So DJ so me, Deuce, and DJ Blade went to uh high school together. But DJ Blade connected with Sean Ward and Terry. And DJ Blade would be like, Hey, we need to get on these songs together. Yeah. And so they would just put together. So Deuce would just give me a beat. Yeah. And I'd just be like, let me do my thing. Yeah. And then I would go to the studio and I would rap it or sing it or yeah. however we did it. And then Sean would just be like, all right, I got you. I got you. Let me go in the booth. Yeah. It was like. Yeah. But at the same time, like you said, though, it was, it was slightly difficult because Houston didn't accept me. Let me give you a situation. I'm at the, uh, I'm at the beat contest, uh, to get $3,000 to get a record deal and to get a chain. Kiati, Mad Hatter, and ESG, they the judges. All the judges, yeah. So I'm just rapping. I'm just freestyling. So hold on, what is this? It's like, it's like a, a rap battle? like it's a, a freestyle battle? Freestyle right, battle? Yeah, right. Okay. So ESG tell me I would go with Flame, but... He don't sound like he freestyling. So I said, what you mean I ain't freestyling? Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. So he say. He feel like ain't no way. You ain't did, no way you, I'm freestyling. You didn't write that. Ain't no way I wrote. Yeah, ain't yeah. write that. Yeah. So I was like, no, nah, bro. Like, so me and ESG got into a big issue. Because yeah. he discredited who I was and he discredited my craft. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't feel that. Yeah. Because I'm a man of my word. Like, dog, if I like, if I do this, I do this. If I don't do it, I do it. Like, you can tell me the freestyle right now. If it's trash, it's trash. Yeah. But I know what I was doing at 20, 21, 22. Yeah. I was out there getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you put a lot of pressure on yourself back then? I put a lot of pressure on myself because I felt like, Cassidy was killing it. Wayne was killing it. Yeah. Papoose was killing it. But I'm going to tell you the only difference it was. Wayne was the only rapper who could put them punchlines in a song 
and make it sound good. Not only had the, the, the song with the ad-libs and, and the hitters, the one-liners, but he can make it. Because everybody he else. He can make it be pop, everybody too. Everybody else could be good on, uh, what's, what's, the, what's the better thing? Uh, uh, snap, uh, no, Smack TV. Yeah. Smack DVD. Yeah. But Wayne could just get on a CD. Yeah. And it's just going to sound good. So explain this to me, man, because I always, I, I admire people who do things that I, I'm, I'm not capable of doing, man. So tell me, tell me what it's like being inside that environment. Everybody's seen 8 Mile at the end, the end of 8 Mile when everybody, and when it's you, mano and mano, and y'all doing a freestyle battle. Tell me, tell me how that, tell me what that, what all that entails and how much, how, how are you nervous are you are you amped up? Are you like tell me about that that feeling of being in like it's not called a cipher. Cipher is when we when we all go. I'm talking about a rap battle like and you got to get the because the crowd got to approve too. You not only got to kill this man lyrically, but the crowd got to approve too and the judges. So right. it's a it's a lot going on. So tell me about that. So the crazy issue is that it's it's nerve wracking because. You don't know what the other person got in his arsenal. So you kind of like, man, dang. What if he just going hard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to me, I'm more of anticipation. Like, once the crowd get going, once the anticipation get going, it's like, all right, I got this. I can rap. I can do this. Yeah. Are you listening? Like, if, when the guy does his turn, right? And he says all this about you. He might talk about your clothes, your mama, yada, yada. Right. Are you listening to that or at this time? Because right after he goes, it's your turn. It's turn. So are you are you listening to him at all or are you thinking about what you're about to say? So I don't have to listen to what I'm about to say, but I feed off of what he's saying to me. And then it's like, okay, that's what you want to do? Yeah. Let's go. Because yeah. I had better to do, and he had on a uh, NY hat yeah. uh, for New York. Yeah. And he and I was like, uh, do what you got to do. You're not true. NY on your hat. That stands for, that's not you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still remember that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So is there, is there, has there ever been a time where you've been in a freestyle battle and oh, like somebody on. was just like, you couldn't touch this dude? Never, but I'm gonna tell you a freestyle battle that was the hardest freestyle battle to me. It was a battle for some 20 inch rims, and okay. I won. But guess what? Get, 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 paint the picture, man. So, 20 inch rims, where y'all at? We at the rim shop on Edgebrook and 45. And there's a crowd, or is it's this a just a lot of people? Okay. So this was like a promotion that the rim shop was doing for for the rims. Yes. Okay. And Talk the last you. person I had to battle was Deuce. Oh, your people. Yeah. Okay. And it was like, is it the me Deuce of these rims? <laughs> <laughs> and I said something like, uh, "My fourth grade, I been starter," and they had the rims on stage. Yeah. And I said, I put my arm in the rim. I put my arm in the rim like Vince Carter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And I beat my dog Deuce. Yeah. And that was probably the hardest thing for me to do. But this is what happened. And this is just a cultural shock. I 
And I ain't gonna even lie about this. I ain't, I don't care. Yeah. Deuce was better than me for a long time. But but when I went to the University of North Texas, I started taking all these classes. Yeah. I started taking psychological classes, all this. Yeah. And my mind changed. And when I came back home, they couldn't touch me like an elbow. Was it just you having that life experience or these actual classes helped you with? Classes, life experience, and just With your me. rap game. Classes, life experience, and just me um, just going through different things. Yeah, yeah. So more so... You have deuce, it, you, deuce. you you get in more life experience so you can have some other things to rap about. Right. Kind of helped you. Because Deuce was cold. Yeah. But Deuce two years older than me. Too. Yeah, yeah. But Deuce was killing it. Two years can make a difference. Hell of a world of a difference. Yeah. But he was killing it. Yeah. Nah, Deuce was killing it. But when I came back home, even Deuce said, man, what the heck happened to you? Yeah. He saw, he saw, he saw a change, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That boy turned into a super gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you talking about that? Yeah. Kodak. Kodak. <laughs> so, how old are you at this time where you are heavy into it? I'm old now. I'm scared to say my age. No, how old are you at this time when you heavy getting into rapping and doing all the rap battles? 20. 20. And how old were, how old were you when you started working at the post office? 21. Okay, so in the middle of all this, you start your career at, at the Postal Service. Yes. Yeah, so you... But but I couldn't... So, this was a crazy thing. My homeboy, uh, DJ Blade. Yeah. And Deuce. So you actively trying to make it as an artist while starting a career that you right. are currently employed right. in now. So, yeah. so, so they would always say, hey man, we got studio today. And I'd be like, all right. You got to run a route. And then they used to, I used to, I had to run a route. Yeah. And, I, and I'm an RCA too. Yeah. So it ain't like, you just ain't going home. <laughs> yeah. You got to do a split. Talk, talk to these people, man. You got to do express. Tell them what you was dealing with. Yeah. You got to do a split. You got to do express. You got to, uh, you got to do everything. Mm -hmm. And so they calling me, telling me, hey man. And you don't live close to the office either. You exactly. was in, you was in Pearland, Pearland at the time. Yeah. Working so, in Keenwood. So they was telling That's me. an hour and a half drive. So they was telling me. Minimal. Man, we, man, we got to go to the studio. Yeah. And so I was just like, I bet. So what I used to do, I used to rap my lyrics and freestyle it in my head while I was on the route. Yeah. And then when it was time to go to the studio. You was ready. You just got to remember. Yeah. 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 How many all-nighters did you pull during that time? Like, I mean, like, from straight to, from a studio to a show, back to the office. So you want to know what's funny? No sleep. Because I remember you at that time, and the one thing I always admired about you was your dedication to whatever you was doing. So that's crazy. Not only, not only to, to be at the level you was at and how good you were at your craft, I'm like, this dude got to put in the time. Cause you was cold. You had always every. It seemed like every week you came with a different song. Like damn, look at the song me and DJ, me and Blaze did. Look at the song me and Shun did. It was always something, right? Yeah. So it made me get on my grind. I wasn't doing what you was doing, but I was on my grind. Right, right, right. You already know. I already know. But 
it made me admire you because you worked so hard. You, man, I can even remember when you said, "Hey, man, I'm tr- I'm trying to gain weight." And you, you for every time I saw you, you had a jar of peanut butter and some tuna fish. Yes. The next time I seen him, I, I remember you. I think you left after that. But the next time I saw you, you had gained like fifty pounds. Swole. Swole. So I'm like, this man, whatever he say he gonna do, he gonna do it. He gonna do it. He gonna do it. Hey, uh, working with some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, but the crazy thing though is that I ain't gonna cap. Deuce inspired me. Blade inspired me. Yeah. Because we was a collective team. We was a collective team. Yeah. I would never take no credit for none of them. It seemed like you had some good people around you. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to. And they constantly kept you motivated. You right. know? And then from and what I know people. about you, man, like you always team first. Always. I, I never I never heard you say like It's me. It's me. Yeah. I put everybody before me. Yeah. 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 Talk to me about that and what 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 how was that so so much a big part of your personality where you Man, it was a big part of my personality because I felt like so you were raised as an only child, right? Yes. Okay. So I I can already tell you that's where it comes from. Right. Yeah, cause I'm 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 kind of the same way. If I, you know, I meet somebody and I feel like they good people, or you know, just being personable. Period. You right. know, like we go out of our way to you know make sure spark conversation. Yeah, yeah. Make sure everybody feel comfortable around you. Crack a joke, yada yada. But when you meet somebody and you really click, like right. they kind of become. You know, we right. can and, and we can kind of choose our family at that point. You know what and, I'm saying? And that's because yeah. you got to think at the post office. When I was in Kingwood, anytime it was a split or something, I went out and did it. I ain't had no hesitation. Yeah. Because I want to make sure that this person go home to their family. This person go home to their family. This person go home to their family. Yeah. Like it ain't got no. What a pimp C say? I ain't got no time for all that and all your. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> So now at this point in your life you 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 did all that, right? You you had the you had the that that limelight and that that early 20s you were you was kind of living your dream as far as uh what you were doing musically. Now let me stop you real quick. I have opened up for Paul Wall, Trey, Zero. Get these people your c- credentials, man. Uh I have opened up for uh, Lil Kiki. I have opened up for Hulk. Yeah. What was your most memorable uh, performance? My most memorable performance was Zero and Trey. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I got two songs with Sean Ward. Yeah. And they are songs. Ice Grill? (laughs) There are songs. Real super producer right here, man. They, he, they, uh, him, him, and Zero like, like this. There are songs about um, having relationships with a woman. Yeah. And shout out to Bruce Takari, I mix studios, my dog. Bruce Takara, my dog. They thought that I shouldn't open up with girl songs for Zero and Trey. Yeah. They was like, man, that's a hardcore um, audience. Audience. Yeah. And they said, man, you sure you want to open up with that? 
And I was like, oh, I'm confident in my in, in my music. Yeah. I don't have to pick what I choose to rap about. Yeah. It's it's good regardless. Yeah. Deuce is on the beat. Blade. Yeah. Was was on the ones and twos, and Sean Wall was on the hook. Yeah. And I and Sean Wall was on stage with me. You can't miss. Matter of fact, yeah. Sean Wall, dog. We went to Fifth Ward to Burks, and we got booed in before the concert. <laughs> Whatever, Lacey. Yeah. But hey, <laughs> we did our thing. <laughs> I, um, well, talk to me about your your transformation into the the man you would ultimately become today. Uh, and what was your what was your turning point? Your your moment of clarity, like because you kind of switched it up just as far as um, you said the things that you were rapping about didn't kind of line up with the direction you were going in your life. So. I'm going to give you a defining moment. Me and my friend Steven, we was leaving the club, and we had drank that night. We had alcoholic beverage. And I hit a curb in his car. Yeah. And uh, the cops came in the fire truck. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, just get out. Let's just run. Yeah. Let's just dip like Copenhagen. And so we just dip. And we called his mom. His mom picked us up. And he said, Man, let's go. And Steven is paid. That's my brigle. That's my bro. That's my big dog. And his mom came and picked us up. And we was in a church parking lot. And then same Wait, waiting for his mom? No, we ran. Oh, okay. From the cops. Yeah. We ran from the fire trucks. But that same place we ran from, we went to church the next day, and that's the same church I got married at. Oh wow! Definitely. So it was a it was a big monument to me because I was just like, we in the same position to where we had to make a decision on who we gonna be as men. Mm-hmm. And at that same place is the same place that we ran from, and that's life. Yeah. So at that at that moment, you changed your life around after attending church there the next the next day. We started going to church every Sunday. Why? Because you just was grateful, or thankful, thankful to nah, God that you guys you, made it out. Like, nah, man, nah, I ain't nah, get caught. No. Nah. Like, the issue is, we know that we was raised up to talk about Christ, talk about God, talk about Jesus, talk about Yahweh. And we wasn't living the life that we were supposed to. And how old are you at this time? About 24. 24. 25. Yeah. Matter of fact. You had been feeling like that from when you started rapping? You had been feeling that that way? No, I wasn't. I was just living the life, um, being unpure, being uh, ungodly, being uh, unspirited. And I was just making mistakes. And matter of fact, I wasn't even 24. I was 26 because my daughter Kalia had had just been born. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Kalia. I love you, girl. Yeah. And we had just been born. And then I had uh, Michaela. She's 14. Yeah. She's my oldest daughter. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I'm just not the father that I need to be. 
Okay. And I love Khalil. I love my wife, Jennifer. I love Michaela, and I love Kamari. Yeah. And I was just like, who am I? Yeah. I'm coming home from the club, and my wife and kids at home. Well, she was my wife at the time. Yeah. But I'm like, who am I? I'm coming from the club, and I'm just not the person that I'm supposed to be at this point. Yeah. Because how would I feel if my daughter's had a guy that was out doing was what I, the things that you were doing because think what I'm gonna do if they call me yeah what you gonna do yeah yeah um I think well, as a man we kind of go through these things right and you you seem to have come to a moment of clarity pretty early in your life you know whereas some men you know they'd be 40 50 years old and still haven't quite figure that figure that out yet you know um where do you think you would be man if you didn't have you know that accident and kind of come to that conclusion like i need to switch some things up if i didn't have that accident when we popped them tires So my dad died in 98 when I was, and he died from HIV. Mm-hmm. I probably would just be a hoe. Yeah. Or in prison. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I can't. You, I can't you think it. that your, that, that, that lifestyle of being a, an artist, being an entertainer? I, I tried to fulfill everything. Like, I was buying Prada shades. I was spending $200 on shades. I was spending... Four hundred dollars on jeans. Yeah, I was spending six hundred dollars on shoes. Yeah, I was just doing stupid stuff. Yeah, so you, you probably at this point in time, uh, with hindsight being twenty twenty, you needed. That's, I needed a, that, that. that's an invaluable lesson that you learn early. Like you, you pay a million dollars to learn that lesson every time to figure out like this ain't this ain't what it is. This what, ain't me. No, yeah, it's not. yeah. Because you know what's crazy is. I think about uh, Paul in the Bible. Paul had to suffer a lot. And Paul had to go blind. He had to meet Jesus. But at the same time, he became a better person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to look at things differently to really reveal who we really are. Yeah. Because when Jesus met Paul in Damascus, he put his hands over his eyes and Paul went blind. Mm-hmm. But then Paul wrote like 60, 70% of the New Testament. Yeah. Sometimes you have to go through that. Yeah. Hold did that. Just make sure you have to go through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Lecrae is a, a very popular Christian uh Oh, rap artist, talk about right, this. in Houston. Uh, what influence has he had on your life? My thighs and my quads. Tell me. I went to a Cray concert on Friday. Yeah. And they played a song that I really liked. Yeah. And I ran down the stairs and I flipped and failed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm over here hurt right now. <laughs> how, 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 did, how did you two become close, man? So, Lecrae from Houston. Mm-hmm. 
But I started listening to Jesus music uh, in 2008, 2009. Me and my wife, we drove all the way towards Dallas, and we met him. And I had a sit-down conversation with him. Yeah. And we just talked about life, how life is. Guess what's his favorite restaurant? Is it Houston restaurant? Yeah. Let's go. Breakfast Club. French's Chicken. Okay. He all he kept telling my wife, man, I love French's Chicken. I'm from Third Ward. Yeah. Like, man, nobody care about that. Yeah. Like, you go get you go get high blood pressure right <laughs> 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 Yeah. So he he's the number one Christian artist, or he might be the number one. Oh, he's definitely the number Christian one. artist in the world, right? Yeah. He's definitely. been that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and let me say this Where the camera at? Let me say this So Lecrae's the number one Christian rapper in the world But The Caucasian people Put NF over Lecrae Because he's white Lecrae is n- uh, NF is not better than Lecrae Just because he's white Don't mean he better Lecrae reaches out to the masses And he speak about poverty He speak about Racial issues. He speak about homosexuality. He speak about everything. Stop putting NF as a top Christian rapper just because his skin. Lecrae is the best Christian rapper ever. Now, let me get back to the point. So, when me and my wife go to concerts, Mm. I always buy tickets to meet them backstage. Okay. But with the, but the difference is, I always make sure that I name their favorite songs that was influential to me. Mm-hmm. And I say, you made this song, you made this song, you made this song, you made this song, you made this song. And I let them know, hey, these songs were so important. Played a big part in my life. Yeah. yeah. So I don't just pay to be like, Oh. oh, I want to see you and meet you and touch your yeah, hand. I like, I, I no. really want you to know how much you inspired, inspired me. me. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. But, but, but Lecrae is legit because one of the most underrated Lecrae songs is called Welcome to H-Town. Mm-hmm. And he talks about being on Scott, going to Frenchies, doing A, B, C, and E. Mm-hmm. But he makes sure that he puts the city on. But not only that, he makes sure he put the church on. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, and shout out to South Belt Church. That's my church. Shout out to South Belt Church. The church is not a person. The church is a body. Mm-hmm. Because you can have one person in the church, but what that means. But if you have a group of people. That's a church. That, you don't even need a building. It could be outside. Yeah. Exactly. But Lecrae is definitely top. Um, how, how difficult is it to live up to um, what's expected of us as Christians uh, in today's society with social media, all these influences that, that are going on? Uh, you think it's more difficult than, than what it used to be? Definitely. First off, women. Women will dilute your Christianity and women will make you think that oh man she looks attractive she looks this good let me talk about her it don't it don't matter about that woman 
because the Bible. Expound on that. What, what, what do you mean? When you in heaven, mm-hmm. you're not married no more. So we be chasing tail. Uh, female dogs and garden tools. Think about it. I, I, I got you. And we'll be chasing that, but at the end of the day, we not meeting them in heaven. Because at the end of the day, you have to realize that your goal is to get people to heaven. Your goal is to reach families, reach people. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, oh, I just want this one girl. What that one girl going to do for you? How can you... So, so tell me, tell me this because you you are married. So, what, what do you? How do you view your relationship with your wife? Like, kind of understanding what you're what you're trying to say right now. So, this is what the Bible says. So, you feel like this is only temporary. You and your right wife's relationship now. At, at, at some point, yes, because in the Bible, it's only your wife, and that's what people get everything misconstrued. It's your wife, mm. your kids, then your family. And people don't understand that. So your wife come first, mm-hmm. then your children, mm-hmm. and then your mom and your dad and your uncle, brother, sister, yada, yada. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we be wanting to put everybody else over our, uh, wife. our wife. Yeah, or okay. our, our, spouse, our spouse, vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I see a lot of people do that in, in right. regards to uh, their kids, like uh, especially a, a single mother in a, in a relationship. Like a lot of times their but, relationships right. don't work out but, because yeah, they, but, they get with but, somebody new and they don't. I'm not saying put every man before you, but if you found the man, you marry this man, that's your husband now. He comes first. And, and this you know, because, right. yeah, and a lot of... A lot of people don't understand that part. Because if, if y'all thing, not right, your family unit ain't going to be right. Right. Yeah. Because if you don't put your spouse first, how you going to put anybody else first? Like, you got young man. I ain't going to put no name on the podcast. But if you don't treat young man right, how your spouse going to treat young man right? Yeah. If, if you ain't put him right first. Yeah. Because she's going to follow your example. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at, at the end of the day, I think people, man, they just don't realize that that's the way God intended to be. Because if you put your wife first, your kids going to get in line, and then your family going to get in line. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, of course. Your order cannot be out of order. Yeah, I get that part, but... See, I'm 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 of the belief that man, I don't know. Like, I want to no, see no, no. the one I'm with. I want to see her again, man. I feel like we come back and we do this again. See, that's tough because you you made you, you, the mistakes you make down here. You got a chance to fix them on the, and, and, and the next time around. But you know what's different? When we go to heaven, all we're supposed to do is worship Christ, worship God. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is supposed to get worshipped. Yeah. So, how you going to worship God and you trying to worship your wife at the same time? I get it. I, and I don't, I don't worship her. I, I honor her as you my wife. Her. Yeah, but yeah. I only Bible, worship God. But the Bible yeah, tells right. us 
that when we get to heaven, we're going to just sing hymns and yeah. we're going to just worship Christ. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's what you believe. Well, yeah. that's biblically. Yeah, I'm um I'm gonna just be honest with everybody uh <laughs> on the on the podcast. I'm not a I'm not I'm not a abreast on all the stories of the Bible right. and, and stuff like that. I just have never taken the time to fully read the Bible. I'm an avid Christ believer. I believe that, you know, there's one God, the, no, Jesus Christ. I, right. But I don't necessarily believe all the oh, no, the, no. the story the stories of the but, Bible but, but to listen, me are are, listen, are just are just stories. But listen, make this make sense. Yeah. Who made your kids? God did. No, but who made your kids physically? I still think you God and your, did. And that, no, that's God. No, man. I'm just saying you yeah. you you and your wife. Mm-hmm. So whenever you be like y'all gonna respect me, y'all gonna do what I say. God feel the same way. Huh? Explain. <laughs> explain. Talk to me. So what I'm saying is, you got you got your son, right? Yeah, I got. You got, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And your son act up. You gonna you gonna be like, hold on, I made you. Like, I raised you. Me and your mom. I honestly, honestly, I don't look at it like well, that. Well, I, I get it. I get it. I get well, what you're people, saying. And and, people, and 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 people who, I think I think a little bit differently than 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 most. I think that even my from my 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 fiance uh, right now my my yeah my children I feel like all of them are a gift you know I I don't feel like I made you I can I can do whatever I want with you they're they're my gift well we free will you know you know what I'm saying right but so I don't I don't necessarily look at it like that and everything I do to teach them moving forward. Everything I, I show them, I teach them, is for them to be upstanding citizens, to love Christ, to be Christ followers. But also, if I'm not around, because there's going to be a point in time where I'm not around, you, you'll you be able to take care of yourself on your but own. You'll, be, you'll says, be self-sufficient. The Bible says nothing bad comes from the Father. So people always be like, oh, there's a devil doing Oh, there's a bunch of that comes that that's bad from a lot of people. Right, the fathers out here that do a bunch of crazy right. shit to their kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that don't just because that that's your dad don't make it right. So my so what I'm saying is that if you bring God into your situation, mm-hmm. and then everything bad or not everything but things bad happens, it comes from our situations um, and what we did. That's my thing. God don't be like, hey, man, let's make sure that. This person car break down. Oh, let's make sure that they roof cave in. None of that comes from God. God God wants what's good for us. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Um talk to me about your wife. Uh and and, and you guys are um an interracial couple. Right. And some of the obstacles that you guys guys had to deal with in the beginning of your relationship. So the beginning of my relationship is my mother-in-law, who I care about, mm-hmm. and my father-in-law, who I care about, they didn't want us to be together because of my skin tone. They was like, oh, he's black. The funny part is that my my dad is from Honduras. Mm-hmm. So instead of diving in deep, 
getting to know who I really was, that just shows my brown skin to choose who I really was, which didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I never held anything against them because that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, love is love. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against any of you. Mm-hmm. My goal is to make sure that this woman is treated right, to mm-hmm. make sure that she is loved, to make sure that she is taken care of, mm-hmm. and to make sure that she lives the best abundant life that she can. Yeah. How did you guys um, get past that as a, as a family? We got past that as a family because I never quit. Yeah. It just it w- it would just took time. It just took time. For them to get to know who you were. Right. Yeah. But I never quit on her. I've loved her since 2014. Yeah. So it's been 18 years. Yeah. Wow. And I never gave up. No, because that, that man, at the end man, of the day, eight years. Yeah. I wouldn't have my kids mm-hmm. if I gave up. Yeah. I wouldn't have my love. If I gave up. Talk to me about the role uh, your kids play in your life today. So, I'm going to go one by one. Kamari is my first son. He's four. Mm-hmm. That dude means the world to me. Yeah, he looked just like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kamari means the world to me. Mm-hmm. And all I remember is when he would just be like, Daddy, the fan cold. Turn the fan on. Yeah. And I'll be like, boy, I'm going to hold you. Mm-hmm. Kalia. That's my twin right there. She is everything to me. She has my smarts. She has my brains. She has my heart. She is just everything that I've ever wanted in a girl. Yeah. Why you going to make me cry? Yeah. Hey, everybody, <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off. I know you got two more to get to, but everybody said. No, I got one more. Me and my, me and my oh, I'm sorry. Me and my me and my old lady, we kind of, I, I mess with her. I, I know this thing, you know, I just mess with her, but everybody got a favorite kid, man. <laughs> everybody, all you parents out there. Email the show, call in, man. Let me know if if this is true or not. Everybody got a favorite kid. Everybody know who my favorite kid is. I already know. Yeah. I was there. I was there. Yeah. So, I'm I'm sorry. I just just had to say that. So, my favorite kid, I hope y'all ain't watching. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to say it. You don't have to say it. I'm going to say it. Michaela. Tell me why. Because when she was seven months and my wife went to work and we were just hanging out in the room, she ain't never called me daddy one time. And I was just holding her. Yeah. And she just started saying, daddy, daddy, daddy. Man, when she said that. Yeah. Man, it melted my heart. Yeah. When you call me daddy and you're not even one years old. Yeah. And you just holding on to me. Yeah. And my wife at work. Because yeah. my wife was at work till like 3 o'clock. So this was like at 1 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah. So we was together for like 12 hours. Yeah. And she was just like, Daddy, Daddy, yeah. feed me. Daddy, I love you. Yeah. And I was just like, dang. 
that, 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 that's a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. But no vloggers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I I got a man. I remember um, me and my my oldest son got really close one day because man, I, I remember I well, I had to be like I guess I had to be eighteen or nineteen. Oh yeah, you started uh, young, boy. I had Duggan. came back from from college what's, and I was working in a um, I was working in a chemical plant. I had to get a job. I had to take care of him. So from high school to college to back home, and I was working all kind of jobs, man. But I remember at this particular time, I was working at a chemical plant. And uh, man, he was small. He was a baby, baby, man. And I yeah, was. Now he's like six foot seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was super sick, man. I, I don't think I had ever been this sick ever. And I was just in the bed, sweating with a fever. And his his mom had dropped him off with me. It's like he he yours, you know. Bam. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I don't know what she maybe she had to go to, go to work whatever. But it was just me and him. I I had called in from the plant and everything, and I was just in the bed sweating like a dog, man. I was like, bro, like I cannot take care of you, man. He had diapers and everything, right? Right, so right, right. I just laid down, and I remember I fell asleep for like 12, 14 hours. Dang. And I could feel him, like, he was so, like, he would always kind of be rambunctious, but I guess I don't know if he knew I was sick or what, but every time he would, I would, you know, open my eyes, he'd wake up, look at me, and he saw that I was, I was still out of it. He lay back down, and he did that for... 14, 16 hours, right. man. And we do, I was like, all right, you once I came out of my little whatever was up wrong with me, I was like, man, you my but you my you, dog, man, because I, I, I wasn't no good, man. Yeah. But you know what's crazy though, is that so Michaela, I said is my favorite. But Kalia is my twin. Yeah. And we just look just alike. And I love her so much. Yeah. And then Kamara is my first son. And so they all have their own attributes, but they all my favorite. Mm -hmm. I love all three of them equally. Yeah, they all mean the world to me. Yeah, and they already know that I'm going hit them up and against all odds. Yeah, <laughs> of all of them. Yeah. So Kalia, Michaela, and Kamari. Yeah. Oh, that's my world. Yeah. And my wife Jennifer. That's my world. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's life. So y'all been married uh, since 2015. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Um, and con congratulations on keeping it together, man. That Thank that, you. that that makes me happy, man. I'm I'm really proud of you, Thank bro. You. Yeah, cause I I knew no, you when on, you was that on. that twenty twenty one year old kid, man. Oh, I was hey, man, show show the people your out your, your fit you got on today, man. Cause he he really repping, he really saying a lot without really saying nothing at all. That's a Dre League jersey, man. That's a Dre League jersey. That's the second year right there. But but check out what. Check out what he did, also, man. That's the that's the original. That's that that, that that's. <laughs> that's the original right there. Stop playing. Yeah, man. If y'all don't know, uh, all y'all out there who watching the Stop podcast, playing. if you play basketball or you're a fan of basketball, uh, at the post office, I started this basketball league about five years ago for postal employees. 
um, man, email the show, uh, call call in, and if you if you guys have an office with with a bunch of ballers in there, y'all want to be a part of it. Um, this past year, Rosenberg Richmond won again. But uh, y'all was y'all was in the finals, right? Yeah. The first year, the very first uh, year, Fletcher, you, and me. We yeah, yeah. They, they 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 was in the finals. Aye, from here to yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That was that was that was a crazy that was a crazy time, man. But we yeah. had a good time. This is another Dre League participant, ladies. But hold on, I got a question. I'm I'm mad at Dre because Dre know I love him. But why he ain't ask me no questions about sports? Man, you know what? I I will ask you a question about sports. Yeah, because I've been meaning. Uh, this is something that I've been I had on my mind for uh, I guess about let's talk about three Adams. weeks now. Three weeks now. Answer me this. So you know I'm a Cowboys fan, by the way. Yeah, big Cowboys fan right here. We ain't we ain't, we ain't gonna discuss them because they ain't <laughs> they ain't make the playoffs again. Uh, here, serious question though. Serious question though. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I remember that. Serious question. Yes, sir. So, LeBron James recently, this happened with LeBron, this happened with Carmelo, this happened with uh, Russell Westbrook here recently, right? These new age, I'm going to say new age players, this era of players are like being really sensitive about what people say to them on the sideline. And they're having these people escorted out of the game. Right. You... Are an avid sports fan, right? Definitely. You spend your hard-earned money, whether it be uh, yeah. Just let's just keep it at, keep it with sports. You spend your hard-earned money. You take all your kids and your wife to a sporting event, right? Right. You a Houston Rockets fan? Let's say you got season tickets. These these players who come from out of town have the ability to. Pull the referee to the side and say, I want this guy right here escorted out of the game because of something right. you said to him. Right, right, right. Do you think that that's right? Should should uh, should it, regardless of what's said, like, I get it if you, I, I maybe get it if you say something racial, right? But if I'm, if I'm a, that that's what sports fans do. They say whatever it takes to get into the other opponent's head to to make them, you know, not not concentrate on the free throw, yada yada. So they perform poorly. But as as a as a a ticket payer, you you rent that seat for the night. So I feel my 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 theory is you should be able to say whatever it is you want to say for them two hours. You got carte blanche to say whatever you want to say because if I you are a NFL NBA player, you making forty million a year. That's part of the game. You're supposed to be a professional. Okay, let me give you a thesis. This is my thesis. Oh my bad, y'all. I'm sorry. So this is my thesis. Westbrook went to his son's open house, and the teacher said that he takes pride in his last name, and he loves his last name, and he thinks Westbrook means the most to him. This this is what the son said. The son said. All right. But what happened is the kids were going to school calling him Westbrook. Yeah. And... They went to the school, and it was like, man, why why are they calling him Westbrook? And so Westbrook was like, wait, that's my son. You can't disrespect him like that. Period. And and I get what you're saying, but but don't don't you think that just comes with the territory of you being a celebrity? I get that. Yes, definitely. But 
Why do you got to disrespect your son? Think about it. I don't necessarily think they disrespect me. And see, uh, what my my thoughts on that is they were taking that as, because his wife was saying something about right. people coming for her and yeah. thre- threatening their oh, no. lives oh, oh, yeah. on, on oh, social yeah. media. It's right? a game. It's a game, too. But the wife engages in the back and forth as well oh, yeah, she do. On, online. She do. So you could easily turn the app off and not have to see none of that. Yeah. But it's, it's, my it's, thing is, you want all the praise when you're doing well, right? right. But none of the criticism when you're when performing you perform poorly. poorly yeah. And I think if you're a professional, that's part of what you got to deal with. That's part of you making $44 million a year. $47. you going to have to deal with, if you ain't performing well, people going to have something to say. But my issue is that don't disrespect the child. No, I, I, I get it. I get I get that, but I don't necessarily know that that's where that was stemming from. If they they weren't necessarily disrespecting that child, uh, like if you really want to look at it that way, I guess by calling him you know something other than his last name, you disrespected. Yeah, but they really was talking about the the dad. The daddy. Yeah. The kids don't play basketball. You do. And I've seen the kid. He definitely gonna never play no basketball. Yeah. I you 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 play basketball. You West Brick. Not this kid. Right. right so, right. I, I don't know, man. So I just think that Westbrook was... So, do you feel like these players should have the right to get these fans kicked out of the game after you don't spend your hard-earned money? I don't say... I don't see kicked out at all. Kicked out should never be an option. Unless they hit you or throw something at you, yeah. then you fine. Regardless of what's Regardless, said. Regardless, we'll say it. Okay. Because I can call you A, B, C, or D right now, and... You're not going to just be like, man, get out the studio. Yeah. So, no. Westbrook did go overboard with that, but I think that he was in the emotions of his son. Because if... But, I, yeah, I've seen Carmelo do it. Or LeBron done did it recently. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, these, these players are a little soft because... Do you think it's a Laker thing? Because uh, you just named three Lakers players. I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. You know, I, I don't know. That is a coincidence, though. But yeah, me, me and my me and my coworkers at, at work, we we talk about this, and they seem to be of the opinion like. So I can tell you, you something. I can tell you something, and this is being true. Yeah. If my thing, you can't go to you can't go to a middle school game or a high school game and be talking noise about a kid. But if you're a professional, that's making. Big money that 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 comes with the territory. Even a college kid, I don't think you should have so, the right so, to to call him out his name. So they they got to deal with you. You know the the Cameron cra- crazies at Duke. They man, they they'll say whatever they want, man. How old is your youngest? Is your youngest child? Ten. Ten. Brittany, how old is your youngest child? Thirteen. If your child come home with a black eye, what you gonna do? And and they point to the kid. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. I can tell y'all what I'm doing on camera. I, I don't curse, but I'm busting that thing. On a child? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I just bail out of jail. 
So you on some Cain Velasquez. You you going eye, eye for an eye. Your beautiful 10-year-old daughter come on with a black eye. She'll be like, Daddy, she did it. What you going to do? Man, mm-hmm. I, I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> I, I, I plead the fifth. Exactly, yeah, bro. So I'm saying, bro, like, you got to think Westbrook's on four. Yeah. Four. Okay. And then he got two twin daughters that's uh, two and a half. Yeah. No, he he ain't trying to hear that. Yeah, yeah. My thing is like you know I've been asking around and I that that's you know that that subject is pretty. Everybody seems to have their own opinion on about what what can be said and what can't be said to these players while you out there. They feel like you should just go shut your mouth and enjoy the game. But I feel like if you bought the ticket to go watch, man, you entitled to say whatever you want, man. For them two hours, them your seats, you can say whatever you want to say. Okay, and that's fair. That's fair. But what if, because if I'm a player, can you say, like how, you how, say it, to the fans? on a basketball court? This is a basketball court, not much less a football field, okay. a basketball court, and it's forty thousand people in the arena, and I'm paying attention to one person. Come on, man, you you being real sensitive. Okay, hold on, because it ain't like the person following, riding your back, following you around like in your ear. But can you they can say, easily zone them out? Can they say what they want to say? And 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 it it be okay. The player? You talking about the player? The, no, the, the fans. I, I feel like they they can. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you a question. Who better, Derek Carr or Matt Stafford? Right now or a career? Right now. Better player? Yeah. Oh, he's been looking at the stats. Nah, I'm going. I'm going Matthew Stafford. Okay. Who better, Matthew Stafford or Dak Prescott? Career. Career? Matthew Stafford. Thank you. Yeah. That's all I wanted to hear. Yeah. Oh, we good. Um, would it be a return of flame time? Is that what you want? That's what the people want, man. At least, at least for the day. No, I'm, I'm serious, though. Would, 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 would you ever consider making music again? Yes. Under what circumstances? That I rap about God. Yeah? Yeah. As long as I rap about God, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because the boy ain't stopping. I'd knock it out. Hey, Skrill. No. Where you at, Skrill? Okay, hold on. Uh, hey, 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 bro. Where you at, Skrill?